Hey there, Gretchen here. Welcome to Fleet FYI's, the weekly podcast by Utilimark that makes fleet management strategy smarter by bringing to you nearly two decades worth of data insights, industry hot topics, and expert analysts together in conversation. Our aim is to help you better understand your data and your key metrics by hosting candid conversations with some of the industry's finest. But before we begin, if this is your first time listening to our podcast, thanks for hitting the play button. I'm so glad you decided to come along for the ride and have a listen. Once you finish today's episode, if you could take a few minutes to leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. Give us a rating, tell us what you liked or perhaps what you didn't, or you can leave us a comment or a question about what we've covered today. Also, if you have a topic that you'd love for us to cover but we haven't touched on yet, let us know. We'd be happy to go over it in detail in a later episode. Sound good? All right, let's get back to the show. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Fleet FYIs. As you all know, it was Thanksgiving in the U.S. last week, which hopefully meant good food and even a virtual good company for all of you. And now, even though it's really hard to believe, it's already the first week of December, and it's the start of my favorite time of the year, not just because of the holiday sweets and treats and baking. I mean, okay, maybe maybe a little bit, but to segue into our topic for today, I think, and I'm sure I'm not alone here, that experiences solidify the way we feel about and interact with different things in our lives, whether it be the holidays or something in our more professional lives. Take a product, for example. A good company can be made even better with a good product, especially if it evolves and adapts to suit the changing needs of the company's client base as they grow and mature. That leads me into what we'll be chatting about in this episode, which is the evolution of a product and product design. Can it make or break a company? Solidify customer loyalty? Utilimark product manager Linnell Duke is back again to chat about all things product, from the importance of design and user experience to really focusing on testing before you launch. For those of you that don't know her or haven't yet listened to previous episodes of Fleet FYIs where she touches on the trends to expect in data and fleet for 2021 and machine learning, Linnell has had an extensive background in product management for nearly a decade. Over the last four years, she took a deep dive into data and analytics and recently joined the Utilimark team. But without further ado, I think we should get started. Hey, Linnell, welcome back to the podcast. I'm happy you were able to be back for another episode. Yeah, it's nice to be invited back. I'm glad to be here. So today, since we spoke about this a little bit in um, the last episode that we had you on, you're obviously you're a product manager and you've had a lot of experience there. And today I'd love to look a little bit deeper into product management itself. Can you tell me a little bit as to what um, being in product management for a software company looks like? Sure. Uh, For me, it's a very exciting field and it's an exciting time because software is really booming. For example, with software as a service, cloud-based applications, mobile apps, it's a much more rapid pace. You know, in the days past, uh, you were shipping boxes of software to a customer. They were buying them off a shelf and then they were taking their, you know, the CDs and loading them into their computer and loading the software. You know, they had to install it on their computer like each year for each release. Every time you had a product feature, you had to ship you know, ship it out to them and and they had to do it. Um, So now what's really exciting about it is that instead of that whole process, the customer is logging into a web portal or launching a mobile app 
And these product features can be launched more quickly and easily and are immediately accessible to the customer without having them have to do a lot of the work. Mm -hmm. You know, you actually, you just transported me to when I was like an itty bitty little girl. And in our basement, we had this dinosaur of a computer. And I mean, the monitor itself was probably like 50 pounds. Um, And, you know, you have these massive desktop machines underneath. And I just remember my dad used to install the software on it, like from the floppy disk. And like you said, CDs and oh, man, I mean, I'm just thinking to some of the software that I use now and just how much time you save just by being able to have that, like you said, a web portal that, you know, you can automatically put in updates. And I think it's phenomenal, just the leaps and bounds that software has made just even as of late in the last 20 years. Um, yep. So out of curiosity, <laughs> no worries, no worries. Um, out of curiosity, then, so what would you consider to be one of the most important aspects of designing and creating a product? For me, there is the simple, important concept that I would, um, is always first and foremost in my mind, and that is um, designing and creating a product um, and a successful product in order to do that, you need to collaborate with your customers at each part of the process, or at least that's where I've had my most success. And for me, it's been an evolution where I would always engage customers, but I would bring them in like, you know, kind of midway through the process and see what they, you know, get their feedback, see what they think, or, you know, have them test something and tell me what they think. But as I've evolved um, in being a product manager over the years, I've kind of got to a place where I, they span the whole continuum for me now. Like when I, when I start thinking uh, or, or want to have an idea for a new product, I go talk to my customers, right? I, I talk to them right off the bat and I, they help me figure out where I should focus. And then when I kick off my project team on day one, I have customers sitting around the table and they're involved the whole way. So it really helps because at the front of the process, you're really working with them to understand what their challenges and pain points are. Um, and then you're engaging them and the whole process from defining you know, what the problem is to prioritizing the requirements to designing how the product actually works and how it looks to testing and piloting and then eventually launching it. So I found that when you work this way, it's a lot more fun, first of all. But what the real benefit that I see is, is that when you launch the product in the market, you have a much better chance of success because your customers have number one, helped you build it, but there's also this iteration step that you go through. So you build it with their input and you give it to them and they test it and you ask for their feedback and they may have some really good points or ideas. And then you can take their feedback and iterate again and give it to them again. And you go through this process till you really have things dialed in to where you really feel like you've got something really good here. And then that's really when you launch it. So I feel like if you go through those steps, when you actually introduce the product out there, because the very kind of person who would be the ones interested in buying the product are the persons that the people that helped you make it, 
you really um, have a lot better chance of success. And I feel one of the things as a product manager that um, it's a little upsetting. So, and it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's something you really have to advocate for, for yourself as a product manager, but you know, that kind of stuff takes time, right? You're not just going to whip out something in a, a week, you know, to, and here's your new product. Like that takes some time to work through that process and do all that. So sometimes companies don't want to make that investment or take that time, but honestly, that's the best way. And, and it's the, it's really the only way that I want to work. Mm-hmm. So in your opinion, then what would you say the role of a, an integral software product, or even just a product in general, what role would that play for the company in terms of maybe consumer trust, or just even from a marketing perspective? I think that process and that kind of product um, and the role it plays is you really develop advocacy for your product with usually some major thought leaders in the industry, right? Like if you have people on your product team that are, are known in the fleet industry, they're, they're considered fleet experts, you know, they're really savvy. They have a lot of experience or it could even be someone coming in new to the fleet world and they're bringing in their whole breadth of experience from some different kind of industry. If you um, have those people on your team, they're helping you, you know, making sure you're on the right track, answering the right questions, solving the right problems. And then when you do launch the product, because they've been engaged and involved um, throughout the whole process, they're your strongest advocate. They're, they're the people who are going to buy it first. They're the people who are going to do the testimonials for you. They're the people that are, are going to step up and and help in the market launch. So I think that's one of the big, the big things about that. Sure. And, you know, as companies are beginning to digitize, you know, we were talking about um, some of the changes in software that have happened in the past few years. I say few, I really mean a couple decades. But anyways, um, what would you say would be some of the recent changes or perhaps even trends in product management as companies and, you know, now we're speaking about fleets, but as companies and fleets begin to digitize their data and their day-to-day operations? Well, for me, what I've seen is the data is now the product. And that's something that maybe in the past, uh, that's not how it was. It was the device that was the product. But now it's the data. That's, that's the thing that you can create insights with. That's the thing you can monetize. Um, and that's the thing you can do really cool stuff with. So I really think we're going to see um, a push from you know, a, a device or, you know, a, a way a, a business currently, what products that they might have and, and what they're doing with that and an evolution to, you know, we're a data company, you know, we, we're a BI company like, like that. So I think, you know, being able to combine data sets, disparate data sets, apply data science techniques, um, build more advanced and sophisticated analysis that people have not seen before and solving problems that used to be seen as unsolvable. Um, when you can do all of that, um, you know, that's, that's really powerful. And not only can you, I think there's the opportunity to create things that you knew were in front of you. Like you could actually see, um, as something that, that you can do. But I think when you start combining data sets and using data science techniques, there's also the potential that you can make discoveries 
that weren't even on your radar. And then that's also very exciting too, because, um, you know, you could, you could make those into a product and, um, it could be really cutting edge. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I loved what you said about, you know, kind of data becoming the new product rather than, um, you know, the device being the product. And I think we're seeing a lot of that, you know, as BI platforms are introduced and, um, you know, software, like we were talking about, it becomes digitized as do fleets and, you know, industries worldwide. Um, but as these fleets are becoming larger, you know, software needs to be scalable. And I was curious, what is something that you think fleet managers should keep in mind um, when they're working with product management that is designing a new or perhaps redesigning an older product? Well, I think when we're talking about scalability, it's it's a lot easier now to scale because of what we were talking about at the very beginning, there's there's so many more software applications that live in the cloud. So it's really easy to scale up if you you know have more data. You you add customers. Um, you you know you're adding new machine learning features, like things like that. You just you know you just spin up more servers, and then there you go. Like it's almost immediate um, and automatic. So I think it's a lot easier to scale up. Um, but I think what people really need to keep in mind when they're designing new or redesigning old is <laughs> like, this is my whole thing is listen to your customer. You really need to run research projects on your customer segments. You need to keep in close contact with your customers. You need to build the relationships with them. You need to collaborate and look for opportunities to do that. You need to ask for their advice and feedback, whether it's something really small or something really big. And then one thing that it's been actually kind of harder as of late with COVID is, and I've been, you know, it's, you haven't been able to do this, but you really need to visit them. You know, you need to get out from behind your desk and go visit your customers and watch them interact with your product. Like look at their workspace, like look, you know, how are they working? How are they set up? Like, what are they, what are they trying to do? How many interruptions do they get in a day? What kind of questions are people stopping in their door to ask? Like, you know, all those different things. What, how are they using your product? What kinds of problems are they solving with it? And just from observing them in their environment and how they do their job, you may discover something brand new that leads you to your next big idea. So I um, am a big advocate of, as, as many product managers are, like this wasn't my, this wasn't my um, original idea, but you really need to get out of the office and go visit and talk to your customers as much as possible. And then the other thing I think that is super important and has been very helpful to me in my career is being able to build prototypes and run pilot tests to really test your approach and fine tune your design. Um, you know, even sometimes I'll start with a sketch. I'll start with a wireframe sketch that I sketched out by hand and be like, Hey, like, what if the page looked like this? Would you like that? Or what if it looked like that? And, and, you know, just starting very simple, very inexpensively to, to get some initial ideas. I find a visualization can be very helpful. And then you can take it to some kind of a prototype that you can spin up very quickly and easily and let them touch and play with that and get feedback from there. And then I, in the past, I've run some really cool pilot tests where they were full-blown tests that involved, you know, five different customer organizations that we were testing a hypothesis to see if it would work. 
And it was really fun to work with them to, you know, design the test and think how it was going to work and, you know, exactly how are we going to execute on this? And, you know, then looking at the data that was coming back and exploring it all together and seeing what we're learning. And um, it was really cool in that particular instance that I'm thinking of where it actually did work and we ended up making a product out of it. So I guess, you know, that's, that's um, the big thing is, you know, listen to your customers and do as much testing as you can, even if it's low tech, like you can, you know, the crawl, walk, run methodology of tests, you know, start simple and then, you know, build over time to have more sophisticated types of um, pilots and prototypes. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, testing is so crucial and it's so key as is feedback. And when you mentioned, you know, that some fleet manager or not fleet managers, but product managers, one of the biggest mistakes that they might make is not getting out from behind their desk. What do you think the biggest disadvantage is for someone perhaps that might say, I don't need to ever leave my desk. I just need to push a product out and hope they like it. That is not a good approach. (laughs) You, you know, I honestly think like that worked for Steve Jobs. And sorry to tell you folks, but there's not, you know, tens of thousands of Steve Jobs in product manager roles. I think when you sit behind your desk and you cook up an idea that you think is going to be good and you build it and launch it without getting customer feedback, you're way more likely to fail. And um, that's not fun. And it's very costly and it, it wastes a lot of money. And um, so, yeah, I would I just would not do that. I would, I would never just, I would never tell anyone to do that. <laughs> yeah. I guess if you're going to subscribe to that philosophy, then you'd better hope that your product is one in a million. Otherwise, ooh, yeah, and be... you might, you might get it, but again, one in a million, just that phrase is, uh, you know, that's, um, not likely. Right. Well, and one in a million can be very costly too, which obviously, you know, like ooh. you said, you don't want that to have happen, especially if you're working with a tight budget, like, especially yeah, now, awful. no one wants to do yeah. that. Yeah, it's very awful. Like you, you really have to be careful um, when you're placing your bets. Um, number one, just like, you know, money in general and the kind of money you might be given to fund, you know, some initiatives that, that you want to do. And then also just, you know, the, the IT resources that it requires to build something like it's all very costly. So as a product manager, when you're looking at your, you know, your ideas that you have for, you know, what you might want to build, you want to pick the one that um, you feel have the the most potential and the best chance of success. So that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. So if you were creating a new software product, say for fleet management, what would be one feature that you think would be your absolute top priority or maybe in your top five priorities to include? Oh, that's an interesting question because I've actually thought about that Um quite a bit over the past few months. And, um, there's an interesting, there's an interesting thing that I've seen emerging in the consumer space, um, particularly marketing. So there's a, there's a trend I'm seeing. Um, and I think we've all, we've all seen it. We've all experienced it where it used to be good enough to segment people by common factors, you know, how old is someone, what's their gender, you know, where, where do they live? Like things like that. And, you would make, um, you know, put people into buckets, right? And then you would design and create advertising and customer experiences that you thought would appeal to that kind of group. 
and that was sort of the old way. And we used to think, you know, that was, we used to think that was, you know, the way to go. And now I think it's more about individualization. So an offer or an experience isn't created for people that are kind of like me, but it's created for me and me alone. And I think um, with the the prevalence of mobile apps and everyone having a smartphone, it's really helped to lend um, itself to making that available. So anyway, um, that's the trend, right? It's more about personalization and really taking it up to individualization. And I think in fleet, um, the use of data and data visualizations, when you think about that kind of a trend, I think there's some real potential there. So I've been thinking a lot about, you know, your product has to kind of be cookie cutter enough that you can build one thing that can serve many different types of customers on a single platform. However, where I'm really trying to get to is um, having a single offering that's flexible enough to be able to serve up customized views for each unique user. So I think there's a trend in, um, you know, dashboarding and, and data and use of data and the kinds of questions someone would ask, it's really at that individual user level. And that's something that I really want to explore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And, you know, having my background being in marketing, I'm so familiar with what you mean with the shift being from what they would call demographics or psychographics being like, oh, how can we, for lack of a better term, bucket these people up to basically tailor our messaging to them or product or service or offering to them? And now, you know, people, they are looking for that individualized experience where even if they know it's going to thousands or millions of people, they still feel like it's being directed exactly to them. And that's the appeal of so many products to um, your on the street, everyday average Joe consumer, right? You know, yeah, I think that's sorry. No worries. I was Go just going to say, you know, it's just, it's one of the, it's one of the appeals to how people are selling their services now. I mean, it's, it just seems like the approach has changed so much because people are being inundated with these massive amounts of messaging every single day. Like they say, the average person probably encounters somewhere between 500 to 1500 messages every single day com- combined with social media and TV and billboards and, um, you know, really anything that you have to stand out. And how do you do that? It's individualization. It's not bucketing general groups of people and saying, here you go, this should work. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. That is, and it's an amazing insight. And I think in the fleet space, where that could apply is, you, you know, everyone's carrying a, a smartphone, you know, the, the mobile app knows where you are. And when the driver pulls in, you know, for example, to um, fuel their vehicle and they get a special offer that pops up on their phone to go into the, the store and, you know, get a sandwich or, or something like that. Just that whole thing about knowing exactly where you are, like in a mall or something like that and pushing an offer that's, you know, real time and, um, based on your actual location. It's a little scary, but um, it's also really cool. And it's an example of um, very specific uh, personalization of an offer. Mm-hmm. Gotta love the big brother approach. <laughs> it's becoming very <laughs> There's some advantages. Valid. There's also scary, I admit it, but yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, um, you know, I'm aware that product management, there's no way we could have touched on absolutely everything that surrounds it today. I mean, it's just way too vast. But is there anything that we haven't touched on yet that you'd like to add? I think we've pretty much touched on everything. I think there's just a couple points that, you know, I'd iterate is the customer, you know, really being involved with them and, and having them close um, when you're making decisions on your, your product or, or thinking about what you want to might, might want to do with it in the future. And then um, being able to test your hypothesis, um, you know, inexpensively potentially before you actually invest the big dollars to developing your solution. And then just what I just mentioned before, which is I've had some really good success with studying emerging trends in other industries. So not related to fleet at all. It was something completely different, but I saw a trend that was really catching on fire somewhere else. And, you know, they were having a lot of success with it. And then I like to think about how can I take that trend and spin it to apply it to my own industry and my product. And that's one of the ways that come up with some really, really interesting and cool cutting edge ideas that I was able to turn into a product that my customers were excited about and weren't expecting. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so Linnell, is there anywhere that um, people could find you after today's episode if they have any questions or if they want to follow up with anything we've spoken about today? Yes. Well, Gretchen, thanks for asking. I would love to talk to anyone about product management and uh, and get more into depth with it. And probably the best way to reach me is on LinkedIn. So Linnell, I just wanted to thank you again for jumping on our episode today. And it's great that people will be able to connect with you after. I think a lot of people will have gathered a lot from it. Thank you. You know, I almost wish that I could take a quote unquote poll of the room right now just to see how many people not only remember the days of software on a shelf, but are also so happy to see that concept modernized into a digital software rollout system. You know, if it wouldn't screw the results, you can best believe that I'd raise two hands instead of one because I surely don't miss the software on a shelf days. But when we're looking at a couple of common themes that Linnell touched on today, it's an important thing to understand the idea that you really need to speak to your customers and gather their input for what they're actually looking for in a product, and then continuously and vigorously test it. Testing is absolutely key. And if COVID-19 weren't an issue, you could test your product in a variety of ways. For example, a go-see visit or more of an in-person meeting style. And if you look at it in a broad sense of the term, it's no longer enough to simply just put out a product because you think it's great. You absolutely need the backing of your customers too, especially in a marketplace where reviews are key and word of mouth is more important than ever. But I want to know what you thought of this episode. Do you think a product or perhaps the evolution of a product could make or break a company? Do you think it's worth all of the consistent effort that's put into testing? Let me know by sharing a screenshot of this episode on your LinkedIn profile with the hashtag UtilamarkFleetFYI so that we can see where you stand. And if it so tickles your fancy, you could have a listen to our previous episode on trends to expect in data for 2021, because perhaps that might change your opinion on product. Who knows? Anyways, that's all for me this week, but I'm truly excited to share next week's episode with you because it'll be jam-packed full of information that perhaps it might surprise you, so make sure that you don't miss it. In the meantime, you can find us on our website, utilimark.com, spelled out U-T-I-L-I-M-A-R-C.com, or on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram with the user handle at Utilimark. I'll catch you later.